Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Tanya. And I'm Carrie. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode number 24. Today we're talking about solfege, why we use it, how we teach it, and the common controversies surrounding it. We'll also share highs and lows from our week, a work smarter, not harder teacher tip. And in our CODA section, we'll give some specific recommendations of our favorite things in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. And now we're going to start with our high notes and low notes from our school week. Yeah. Tanya's going to go first. Alrighty. Um... Okay, it feels like we should be farther along in school than we are, but really, I'm only on lesson four. Yeah, me yeah. too. Uh, I had mentioned on the last podcast about how I was going to be doing some like sharing circles, uh, kind of in the style of the restorative practices model. And this is not a restorative circle because we're not restoring, there's not been any damage done to anyone. But um, I thought with my fifth grade classes especially, because... You know, fifth grade, they get into that, along with sixth grade, they get into that um, hormonal time where maybe they're um, not sharing as much with you, the music teacher, and they might be a little, they could get a little uh, reluctant to participate in something like music, which is so soul-bearing. Yes. So I thought, you know, why not spend like five minutes at the end of class doing a sharing circle where uh, we get into a circle we pass something around and we just answer like a simple question. And I gave um like a short list last time of questions that you might ask. Yeah. Yeah. And so the thing that I like about having a three day rotation is uh, if my yellow group, that fifth grade class, if I do something, it doesn't quite work. Then the very next day I have a brand new fifth grade class, right. the blue group that I can try it out on. Yes. And then totally. by the time I get to the red group, I've figured it out. Now, okay, I've been teaching for a while, so so most things are going to go as I expect. Yeah. But when I do something new like this, you know, i got to tweak it. So I this is my low note turned into a high note kind of thing. Love it. Yeah. So we were doing this restorative circle. Not restorative. I, I call it a sharing circle. And I put a drum in the middle, and I said, you know, if you're someone who's uncomfortable talking in front of people, then just talk towards the drum. Yeah. Right. And then the object that I passed around was my tuning fork with one of my tuning fork holders. That means a lot to me because it was made by another music teacher. So I give the, yeah. the very short version of like, you know, this one of the very first presentations I did for other music teachers. A friend of mine had made this tuning fork holder and gave it to me. And it's really meaningful to me. And I use it all the time. And we're going to pass this around. Whoever has the holder gets the floor. Yeah. Right. And my first question, however, was, tell me about a favorite song or a favorite piece of music. Oh. Which kind of seems innocuous, right? Yeah. Well, maybe not. <laughs> okay, so that was first mistake, was starting with something with that. Was it just too open-ended? I think it was too personal. Oh, okay. But then here's where I really messed up. I said, if you're really uncomfortable, you can say pass. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, see, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, you'll go to your restorative justice training Oh, tomorrow. I know. I go, I'm going tomorrow, and then I'm sure I'll go, oh, yeah, yeah no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So I shouldn't I mean, even be admitting this now, but whatever. No, that's, that's fine. And, I mean, it's a, you have to kind of feel it out, too. And listeners, know that by the time you hear this, I am so she's much gonna wiser. Know. Yeah, she's yeah. going to know all the answers. And it's not like I know that much. I've right. just had some I didn't training. think I was going to do too much damage by a little five-minute sharing circle. Well, yeah, but then, yeah, if you give the kids the out that they don't have I to know. Go, it's like singing. It's like saying, well, you don't have to sing this solo or mm-hmm. whatever, and then they never will. It's a fine line to walk because you do not want to, like, hurt anybody's singing soul or, you know, sharing anything. Yeah. And you want to encourage them, uh, but at the same time, you don't want them to think that they can just be lazy about it. Right. Which is what happened on yeah. my first day, is that, yeah. like, I and got... And that's exactly why you were doing the circle, was I know. to promote I know. participation, I know. and it backfires. And it backfires. I've, uh, yeah. So that I happened on the first day, and on the second day, I did not start with um, music. Yeah. I said, tell us your favorite ice cream flavor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And did anybody pass? Uh-huh. Still, uh-huh. even with ice cream? Well, it's. I think it's one of those things where one one kid passes and everybody else goes, oh, well, now they pass. I, yeah. And, yeah. It's so, like kindergartners having to go to the bathroom. I, it is. <laughs> but with fifth grade. Yeah. So um, live and learn. Today, I saw my third group, and I didn't mention anything about passing. I'm like, uh, I'm just, yeah. I'm like, you know what? You can all tell me your favorite, and I didn't even say ice cream, sweet treat. Ah. Uh Yeah, and if you aren't into that, you can tell us that, too. And it worked. And it worked. I mean, Nobody passed. Nobody passed. Because it wasn't an option. It wasn't an option. Duh. Okay. (laughs) So, actually, I feel like I'm... (laughs) I feel like this is a bigger fail than a um but anyway I, I figured it out no i've i've gone through that whole thing too in mm-hmm. both like musical ways and regular ways too where like you're doing something where you want everyone to share and well here this will be kind of like my low note turned into a high note i'll do like the exact same thing but first grade version okay so with first grade we we're doing like some vocal exploration on whiteboards where they're drawing like a line and then i wanted them to sing it Mm-hmm. And I wanted them to do it individually. Mm-hmm. So my first class that I had do this yesterday, um, I, you know, like the first kid, I think I said, I would love to hear you do it by yourself. But, you know, if you also love, would like, I don't know why I did this too. It was so weird. I said, if you want to, we can do it with you. You can point and we'll sing it with you. Uh, well, then, of course, every yeah. single kid wanted to do that because I presented that as an I know. Option. It's how you set it up. Exactly. I just keep learning the same lesson over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. So that didn't work because I really, truly wanted to take an assessment of whether they were using their head voice. And then I was like, well, no. Now I can't <laughs> do an assessment because, like, I had, like, a couple of star students who... They chose to do it individually. And then, like, I just made a big deal of it, and I made them, like, a positive thing. Like, wow, I'm so excited. And when it was time to line up, because that was our last activity and then we had to go, I said, you know, the students who went all by themselves, I'm going to let them line up first. And, like, I tried to promote it and right. not, you know, be negative to the other kids. Well, anyway, so today, you know, here's, okay, same lesson, next group. And, I mean, I didn't even present that as an option until we got about two-thirds through the circle, and then there's one little girl who's, you know, one of my ELL kids, and she mm-hmm. was just terrified. She just could not use her voice. But then, because I had set it up differently, and I had said from the beginning, 
you know, when I demonstrated mine, I said, I'm so proud of my line and I can't wait to share it with you. So I'm going to do it all by myself. And then I went and then I had everybody clap for me. I said, now you're going to clap for me because I did something about myself and I feel so good about that. Yeah. And then I, you know, of course, front loaded it and picked a couple ringers to go next. Yes. And we made a big deal and we clapped for them. So overall, it went much better. So yeah. kind of similar low note turned high note. Yeah. And then I was able to actually do an assessment. And the kids who didn't vocalize, it was more of an assessment. First of all, did they complete the task? Yeah. Which, you know, they did 50% of. So, you know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll work towards them being individual next time. Yes, exactly. And now we've reached our main theme, which is why solfege, also known as solfa, solfeggio, you know. Yeah. Pick, pick your term. Let's start with that. I'm actually curious, Tanya. What yeah. do you have your students call it? Um, I, well, I shouldn't. Do you interchange? I do interchange. I okay. interchange between solfa and solfeggio, and I let them know up front. Here are different names you might call these right. syllables that we use. Right. That you might hear. Yeah. Right, solfeggio, Italian, so like, I don't say solfeggio. Too many syllables. Just solfege. But I will sometimes slip and not slip, but I'll just say some, sometimes I'll say solfa. Yeah. Sometimes I'll say solfege, and they know that they're interchangeable. Yeah. Yeah. I pretty much stuck, just stick with solfa. Sometimes I find it can be a little confusing, mm-hmm. especially when I first present so and me to uh-huh. first graders. Because instead of singing so me, I get solfa. Oh. Because I introduce it through solfa street, which well, I'm sure we'll talk about and in a little bit. And then you go, no, no. Solfa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I don't correct that. I say, oh, no, solfa is the name of the street. But remember, the people who live on the street are so and me. And then they yeah. say, get I call it, it. I call it solfa street, too. I know other people call it music street. Yeah. Oh, and can we take a sec right now to attribute Sister Lorna Zimski yes. with that whole concept? Yeah. Yes. Of the It's spread far and wide, yeah. but Sister Lorna is, is the original originator. That, that of... is her intellectual property. Yes. The whole idea of Solfege Street or Music Street yeah. is really Sister Lorna. And the little houses and yes, all that. Yes, and the houses. Yes. So, so thank you, Sister that, Lorna. Thank you, Sister Lorna. For giving that to the world. Yes. It's so good. All right. So anyways, um, we're going to talk about kind of some, some whys and some controversies. Yes. Da, da, da. Uh, so why solfege and other systems? Because I will tell you that I did not use solfege or solfa until after college. In college, we did sight singing tests on numbers. Ooh. Yeah, it was it was horrible. We did solfa, solfege, and I will say, um, I also, I mean, it's been in me forever because I remember doing it in elementary school. Oh, do you? I believe that my, well, I'm pretty sure now that my elementary music teacher had some Kodai training, and she also, I think, had some org training, but I remember singing with hand signs in elementary school. Nice. And that was probably, you know, one of the early adoptions of it in my area, and I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. That was kind of ingrained in me, and we did sing in solfege in college. That's great. So, and I never really um, thought of other systems. I remember a friend of mine who transferred in sophomore year said, well, we sang on numbers, you know, in, uh-huh. in freshman. And so I remember having some conversations with her about it. Mm-hmm. And it really always came down to singing in tune. Uh-huh. Because if you're singing in solfa, you're singing on pure vowels. Exactly. Right. It's so much more musical. Yeah. 
Um, also, I think, especially for elementary school children, if we're talking about using numbers, I mean, well, what if you're using numbers for counting and you're using numbers for solfa or right. for, you know, melody and you're using numbers for, um, you know, any number of other musical concepts. I think it can get very confusing yeah. and kind of um, just over the number system being overburdened. It's just, I don't know, it's, it's not palatable. It's, it's not as musical. You want those open, open vowels. And I love the hand signs because you're adding that extra modality where they're using their hand signs as they're singing and showing them a lot of direction. And it's a beautiful thing when they're being, when they're able to sing and hand sign at the same time. Right. Um, oh, well, I just and think it's, it's Fantastic. It's not just about scale degree either. It's about thinking about the patterns mm -hmm. of music and thinking and the relationships about building, between Yeah, exactly. Intervals. So if you're singing on numbers, well, first of all, I never know, and maybe somebody could answer this who's really into numbers, but if, if you're doing something law-based or minor-based, mm -hmm. do you start on one or do you start on six? I would yeah. think you still start on one. You do still start on one. But then how are you accounting for the difference between a major third and a minor third right. when you're singing you know, from la to do versus do to me? Yeah. Is that still one to three? So what are you ingraining in the kids' brains when the numbers mean nothing as far as the relationship of the pitch to each other? Right. I understand the numbers just in straight-up terms of scale degree, uh -huh. but I think they're going to get that through solfege and they're going to get so much more. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that when we were singing minor, that one was still was still Because well, it, it's, it's, it's the home yeah. tone, whatever the home tone is. And I really do appreciate, and I, it wasn't until like, you know, after college that I was able to appreciate having that low law scale and how I like this idea of, you know, the minor scale starting on low law yeah. it's like another universe it's not a tweaked major scale right so that whole idea of a tweaked major scale um always you know it, it's just you're just making all these adjustments to this one solid frame of reference yeah when if you just think of it as okay well, we're singing la to la and especially with my students oh my goodness yeah. I can start them on low law and they just just go. Yeah. They don't have to make any kind of adjustments. It just comes out so naturally. It's amazing. It's just the way that it is. Yeah. And how great is it to set them up for later in life learning about, you know, relative keys. Exactly. You know, from major to minor. It's it's going to be a no-brainer because mm -hmm. they're going to understand that relationship between the do scale and the la scale. You know, I've never had a um, enough of a conversation with anyone who uses fixed do. Ah. Um. We have our friend Fritz. Our, our friend Fritz, who does Del Crows, Crows, uh, is probably not friend. going to listen to this. But yeah, that's but that's okay. okay. <laughs> and I have, I have, I have spoken a lot with Fritz on lots of different things. We yeah. like to kind of get into it, and um, I still, I don't feel satisfied with what I hear about fixed dough. Yeah. I've never been sold on it either, and, you know, again, you know, you get kind of stuck in your ways, and uh -huh. I get that. But, yeah, just the, the changing of the syllables, and it's, it seems like it's more fuss than it's worth. Yeah. I guess is kind of my easy answer to that. Like, you know, I, why? I just don't get it. I, I just really don't get any compelling reason why that is. Right. I mean, unless you're working towards relative pitch, but you can do that anyhow. Yeah. It's not necessary to use fixed dough to get to right. that. I mean, I've got my tuning fork, and if I, if I sing an A, I'm usually right there, so, yeah. you know. 
Or if I sing Hey Jude, I know exactly where I am. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. And that's and that's the beauty of Movable Dough is then you can, you know, sing things in different keys and it's it's teaching kids to to listen again to the interval. It's not necessarily associating the dough with C. Right. It's it's associating that from so to me is that minor third. And that's one of those things that we're doing with solfege is we're not establishing note to note to note to note. We're establishing these relationships between notes and the whole big picture yeah. of, of the melody line or the harmony. Yeah. Yeah. The way that somebody once, you know, kind of explained it to me that I think it's a great way to explain it to like principals or even parents who don't understand is, you know, the difference between having your child just being able to identify single letters, that's mm -hmm. an A, that's yeah. a Z, versus having your child be able to read sight words. Yeah. Or, you know, a whole full, a full sentence. Yes. That, that those solfege patterns, you know, so me, la, so me, that's like a sight word. Mm -hmm. Like, that's something that we want our kids to be able to recognize and know right away. Yeah. The same way we want kindergartners to recognize sight words. We don't ask kindergartners to, to sound out every word that they see. Mm -hmm. So that's how I equate solfege. Oh, I just got a phone call. That's how I relate solfege. Um, to my administrators and to my parents is that it's building a musical vocabulary exactly. in a musical language. It's right. not just identifying note, note, note. Yep. What about hand signs, body signs, hand staffs? I know that the fire robin, uh, the fame people, yeah, use a hand staff. Right. And not you. They do well. I mean, I I haven't checked in in a while as far as what's going on now, but I remember from a while ago seeing Dr. Fire Robin, and everything is on the hand staff. Right. Which I find those really small movements incredibly challenging for, right. for small children. Not even small children. I, I, I say I don't even use hand staffs until third grade. And I use that in conjunction with when we're reading mm -hmm. on the staff and we start reading our absolute pitch names, our letter names, then we'll take songs, BAG songs, and we'll sing them with our hand staff. And for third grade, that's a challenge. Yeah. So I can't imagine using a hand staff all the way into like first grade. And then again, I don't have conversational solfege training. Right. Um, so, you know, maybe there are some tidbits there that I'm not aware of. But yeah. uh, I, I really appreciate the hand signs. Yeah. And I use body signs in, well, now kindergarten and yeah. first grade and second grade. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. Your body sign. Yeah, I do something similar. I do body signs with, yeah, again, kindergarten, first and second. And then third grade um, is when I introduce the hand signs. Yeah. And that's like, as we're reviewing, like, the pentatonic scale, assuming that we've made it that far yeah. <laughs> at the beginning of third grade. Um, so my let's just say what our body signs are just to see oh, if yeah. they're the same. So I put dough on my knees. Mm-hmm. You do the same? Yeah. And then raise kind of on top of my thighs. Yep. Me's on Me my waist. waist. So is shoulders. Yep. And la is the head. head. Um, and I found, you know, I used to just do hand signs from the beginning, straight up, just hand signs. And I found that when I switched to doing, and I think it was on your suggestion, so thank you, Tanya. Uh -huh. When I switched to body signs, they were singing so much more tunefully. And I think it's that motion of moving, especially up to the la, uh -huh. it like forces your body to sit tall. You and lift it that rib cage up. when yes. you are going to la. So yeah, just giving them those bigger body signs really does help. But yeah, by the time they get to third grade, I mean, their bodies are so much bigger. So for them to do dough on their knees, they're having to to bend over to yes. do it and so then now they're they're squishing yeah. their diaphragm and, and by the time you get to fa you you should be oh on, it's just way complicated yeah it's way complicated you're, you're in the breast area exactly we don't want to go there no we don't want to go there um i will say a shout out to the to this 
the hand staff, I, I use it as a tool. Uh-huh. I don't, like, harp on it too much. But when I first teach the staff to first graders, I do, like, make a big deal of, like, and you have a staff with you everywhere yes, you go. Exactly. And, you know, let's count up the lines and the spaces. And just doing so in me, because it's so simple, it's one finger to the next finger yes. or one space to the next space. But even, like, putting um, those spaces gets a little dicey. It gets tricky, and I find that, like, okay, so if I'm holding up my hand staff, I'm doing it now, and, of course, you can't see me. But, um, like, my thumb is at the top, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm facing my palm. I'll have some kids who will do it backwards, and their thumb will be on the bottom. Well, that's how I, I learned top. from Fire Robin in a workshop. Oh. Is that he does it with the thumb, or I don't know what's, what's happening now, but... That's... How, oh, well, yeah. It was where the thumb was pointing towards the floor. Oh. Yeah, and so the so palm, palm is out. facing out, which oh. I think is really awkward. It feels awkward as I'm doing it right now. So, I mean, it's just not like a battle I want to fight, I guess, is the thing. Like, I like to show the, the hand sign. Mm-hmm. And for it seems some like kids, more trouble than it's worth. Some kids, they get it, and they're showing it to me. But it's not something that I necessarily expect or require out mm-hmm. of all my first graders because some of them, their fine motor skills are right. just not there. So. And the other thing I like about body signs is that they're using both sides. Yeah. They're using both hands. They're using both sides of the brain, yeah. both sides of the body. So if you're singing, so me, la, so me, then, you know, they've got so much of their body engaged in what's going on. And you do double hand signs? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I I used to only do one, and somebody was like, well, just do two because it keeps them more busy, and then they're both hands. (laughs) And that's a very practical thing. Like, you can't be doing hand signs. If both hands are going, you can't be, yeah, Yeah. exactly. But it also, it helps align their bodies. You are using both sides of your brain when you're using both hands. If they're doing one hand, especially because we sit on the floor in my class a lot, so, like, if they're doing one hand, they might be using the other hand to, like, prop themselves up. You know, they might be, like, leaning over on their other hand, like, in bad posture. So if they're doing two hands... So it sounds like they need some core work. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) If they're doing two hands, it forces them to sit up and align themselves. Maybe we should stand then. Oh, man. Yeah. That's what I was... And we do stand a lot, too. If you're lounging around while you're hand signing. Yeah, that's too I mean, nice I understand that, especially as kids get older, if you're holding a piece of music and you're hand signing at the same time, that makes complete oh, yeah, yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't happen a lot in, like, third grade. Yeah. Better stop. All right, another um, controversy, and this goes back to Fire Robin as well, is um, introducing uh, Do, Re, Mi first as kind of your core beginning syllables or... So and me and La. Right. Well, I know I'm preaching to the choir or giving you information that you probably already know, but we, uh, most Kodai institutions and, and Kodai programs that have the levels training do have So Me La as their starting point. Yeah. Now, the argument, of course, has been made for years and years uh, that the reason we're doing So Me La is because that comes from the Hungarian tradition. Right. More so than an American tradition, right. right? We do have So Me La songs. And then the So Me songs that you're supposed to start with, those are very, very challenging yeah. to find. Yeah. And most of the So Me, or not most, but, well, no, I would say most. I, I think yeah. I'd say most. Most of your So Me songs that you're going to find are what we say composed. Contrived. Or if you're feeling negative, contrived. <laughs> well, contrived. because they were probably a chant that someone that just were added into so a so me. me chant. Yeah. Right. And then the funny thing with that is that a lot of times kids, you know, even with those made up chants, they'll just stick a law in anyway. Oh, I know. So, yeah. um, you know, it's, it can be fraught with that kind of thing. Right. And then is the dough implied or not? Yeah. When you're doing a so me law song, if you're singing rain, rain, go away. 
Are we are we feeling a doe? Are we hearing a doe somehow? Is there a doe drone going on in your head? If you're singing Rain, Rain, Go Away. Are you asking me? Like, I don't know. I'm really. I mean, I think so because I think I, I think very tonally, and mm-hmm. I think that's because I have a strong piano background. I did so much piano since I was little, so I hear things like tonic, mm-hmm. subdominant, dominant. Like that's how my brain thinks, and I think that's a lot of how American musicians' brains think. Yeah, I, I agree. And I mean, I see the argument for the do re mi thing because I do understand that that is very ingrained in American right. songs. But at the same time, how many times do you hear that na 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 na? I mean, that is the child's chant, and that's an American child's chant just as much as it's a Hungarian child's chant. Yeah. So even though it might not be something that we can find a lot of like folk literature, there's just something about that interval that Mm -hmm. is so ingrained. Well, and then the other argument is that that so me is more easily sung in tune. Yes. Than the stepwise do re mi. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and it's generally, I mean, depending on how you pitch things, do re mi is just naturally going to be probably a little lower Mm -hmm. so you just have to be careful with that if you are starting with do re mi make sure you pitch things high enough because if you're singing like even in the key of d do re mi is kind of low for first graders yes it is i would want to sing that up in f major or even higher right but if you're doing so in me d major is more appropriate there or even higher than that right and how and i only know a handful of songs that are only do re mi yeah. So then again, we're talking about if we're starting off students on literacy in m- melodies, when we're doing, if we want to start with do, re, mi, what, I mean, of course you can extract phrases and work around songs that have the pentatone in mm-hmm. it, but really you, you want some pure do, re, mi songs that yeah. again are not contrived. Right. Right. So you're going to run into the same problem where you're going to have songs that have been created yes. just for us to do do re mi so if you're someone who doesn't have kodai levels and you really like have fa- figured out that you want to start do re mi you've got to search for a program that is going to give that to you because yeah. it seems like a small thing but it changes your entire folk song collection it does because if i were told tomorrow okay the whole district has decided um that our sequence is going to change and melodically we're starting with do re mi yeah that that would be a lot of work yeah to you know switch up everything absolutely because as kodai inspired educators we collect these folk songs to fit a sequence yeah and we make them developmentally we make sure that the the things that we do with our songs are developmentally appropriate to that age group exactly so if we were going to do re me in kindergarten and first grade yeah that's gonna really really look different and then, change everything yeah, late second grade into third grade and then it changes your whole sequence do so re, me happens for me yeah, yeah totally and then what about the implications on what it's going to do with the rhythmic patterns that go along with those do re me exactly. songs exactly yeah um also just from a literacy standpoint starting with so and me is so much better I think just because then you're looking at on a staff space to space or mm-hmm. line to line yeah. and you're starting with the with the leap or excuse me the skip rather than a step if you're doing do re mi you've got to deal with space line space or line mm-hmm. space line and you've got to go into the difference between steps and skips really quickly right. I like that with so and me I'm starting with just the skip right. space to space line to line and then later on when we add la then we introduce the idea of a step and the difference between a step and a skip yep. so it kind of allows for that natural scaffolding to happen right and you could do that with do re mi 
you know, you would just be working with steps. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I just... Yes, but I think just because the fact there's three pitches, uh-huh. then I guess, well, I guess the idea is that you're either going to go mi, re, do, or do, re, mi first, mm-hmm. and you're probably not going to skip from do to mi as much. I don't know, because I haven't okay. been in that world, yeah, so I don't right. know. Yeah, right, well, and then I'm, right now I'm, like, trying to scour my brain for, like, okay, what songs do I know that have, like, a reoccurrence of a mi to do or do to mi, right? Yeah. So, there's Classic-y. that. Classic yeah, it's all about closet key. The whole curriculum is yeah, closet key. I know. I'm thinking, how much closet key and hot cross buns could you do? And I mean, this, I know sailor. there's people out there, and if you're if you're hardcore into the do re mi, we're not trying to. I would to, love. To, to I would really, it, honestly, love to hear like a what a your body of, is like of folk songs. Yeah. With, what What does your first grade literature look like? Yeah. Send us a message because well, you know we're what? curious. Okay, we're saying this. Really, we should be like going to take the fire robin. Training. Well, this is true. This yeah, is true. conversational selfish. Yeah. We don't have that. And we, we know don't. there's lots of people who have taken it and love it and mm-hmm. adore it, and that's great. I think the big thing that Tanya and I will say till the day we die <laughs> is just be consistent. Yeah. Be consistent. Exactly. So don't decide, like, one year I'm going to start with Dil Ray Me, and then, like, then the very next year, unless you have a really good, solid reason that you're switching, and you're switching for you're a You're switching, time. like, this one time. That, but you're going to keep it that way then it. forever. Like, yeah. Don't go back and forth year to year. No. Don't like do do re mi and then like two weeks later all of a sudden now I'm gonna do so and me. You will like, confuse everyone. Yeah, including yourself. Uh-huh. So um, stick with one way for a while. See how it works. Kind of come up with your pros and cons. If you really want to try it a different way, try it a different way, and then you can always circle back later, I guess. But just be consistent. <laughs> just be consistent <laughs> as long as you can. As and as long as you have good reasons for yeah. why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. All right, so, so that's some of the controversies. Yeah. Um, we thought we'd kind of break down kind of the sequence, the traditional Kodai sequence. Yes, we're going to show me law it. Yeah, just talk about a couple of, like, our favorite, like, gem songs yeah. that we use to teach each, you know, new element or each new And we're not um, going to go into great pattern. detail about all the things that one could do with each one of these songs. We just want to give you, like, a go-to. Like, at least one song. One song. To help you teach that one element. Yep. So starting with So and Me. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll, we'll say, without going too crazy, that there's a lot of preparation that goes into So and Me. For me, it's like all of kindergarten mm-hmm. and a good chunk of first grade. And it's just distinguishing the difference between high and low. So we start with an octave and do things. And even though vocally an octave is large for kids to sing, it's more about them hearing it and identifying the octave mm-hmm. as you know the high and the low tone. Right. And then we bring it down to a fifth. And then we bring it down to the minor third. Yeah. So by the time and the high I'm sound about, is so, and the low sound is me, yeah. and away we go. Exactly. And so my one of my favorite songs to teach so and me is "Rain, Rain, Go Away." Mm-hmm. This is a perfect example of like you said, kids sneaking in a law. Yep. Because so often they're gonna sing "Rain, Rain, Go Away," "Come Again," "Another Day," and there's that law in there. So I just isolate just the so and me. Yep. And just teach it to them that way. And I do a lot of things just with icons first, high and low. Yeah. And I'm usually just doing icons and body signs and things like that for a good week or two before I even start to introduce the staff and then what it looks like on yes. the staff. All right. I would say my fa- I, I like Rain, Rain, Go Away. Yeah. But um, even more than that, I use Starlight, Star Bright. Yeah. Uh, mostly because it's one that is less likely to sneak in the law. Yeah. So my It's nice to have a song that they can read the whole way through, Right, and too. we can read... I, I use the whole song. I don't start, I don't extract it unless 
I hear the law coming in, yeah. then I'm like, I'm not going to fight it. We're just not going to look at that part. Yeah. So I can do that, you know, quickly if need be. But if we're just singing, starlight, star bright, first star I see tonight, wish I may, wish I might, have the wish I wish tonight, what do you wish for? Yeah. You know, well, I wish for a unicorn flying through the sky. Whatever. Wow, that's fancy. Well, you know, I'm Some just giving solo them. singing Some opportunities. solo singing opportunities. Love it. Fanciful dreams. Cool. Yeah, so so me, those are really go to. And then if we're talking about extracting, which means taking just a piece of the song, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of so me things yes. that you can extract yes. from a lot of these known yeah. songs. And you're probably going to be doing that a lot. Teddy because bear, again, teddy it's, bear. Yeah, it's hard to find straight up so me songs exactly. because they just don't really exist all that much. Yep. Cool. So then next in the sequence would be law. Yes. If, if it's a good year, I'm getting to law at the end of first grade. Yes. Um, last year I didn't, so I'm, I'm going to be doing lots of law preparation coming up soon here in second grade. I just discovered that, okay, not only do I need to law, law it up, and I knew that, but my first graders forgot that we did rest. Oh. I mean, my now second graders. Yeah. So we did do rest. Yeah. I didn't think I, I didn't think it was too close to the end of the year. But surprise, they, they they don't remember it at all. They don't remember. Well, no, they remember it somewhat, but it, it's it's not, not like solid. It's not solid. Lots of review. Yeah, which is which is odd because rest is one of those that, um, you know, it's a big old piece of silence. Yeah, it's one beat long. Yeah, I mean, I know it's usually something that they get anyway, pretty easy. Yeah, I was a little shocked. Okay, I had to go back and look at my at my yeah, at like my I did teach that, lesson didn't plans I? and my. <laughs> My year plan, and I went, I did do this, right? Yeah. It's not me, right? Ugh, review anyway, time. Anyway, so uh, but we're not talking about rhythm. We're yeah. talking about law. So, okay. So uh, my favorite law go-to is bounce high, bounce low. Bounce high is pretty much my entire curriculum. Yeah, yes. exactly. Well, I mean, because with law, you want to focus on the so, la, so, me first. So you want to get to that law right away. Yes. And relate it to so. Yeah. So, so bounce high, bounce low, really great one. Um, and they can read all the rhythms that go with that as well. Yep. So it's as really we important. we are dancing in the forest. Yes. So that's always my go-to, like review of law in second grade, if I've already taught it in first. But yes. But since I haven't. You know, it's going to be that. Well, I love bounce high, bounce low because we use it for law. Yeah. And we use it for two beat meter. And yes. we use it to read time TT. Exactly. And we just use it, use it, use it. And they love it. It's and a great important recyclable to say tune. that, yeah, if, if you don't see your kids as often as you'd like. I mean, Tanya and I are both on a three-day rotation, which is pretty middle-of-the-road, decent yes. amount of time, I'd say. But I know some people out there say they're on a four or even a five-day rotation where they're only seeing their kids once a week. It's really important to find those songs that you can use to teach. Yeah, recycle those songs and concepts. you can use them. Yeah, because having a whole new set of songs for each concept, you would never get through everything. No. So, um, and then, you know, once they know the so, la, so, me, then you want to make sure you include some songs that have the so, me, la, so, me, because that me to la is a more difficult thing. Yes. So my favorite for that is Doggy Doggy. Mm -hmm. um, who stole the bone? I right. stole the bone. So having, and there's a lot of those kind of songs that have that because I, again, that's that children's chant. Exactly. I love to use, no robbers out today, yeah. no robbers out today. Is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, that turn, that, that is the thing about law is getting in that so me law pattern. Because from me to law, that big leap, that's hard for them on the staff. Yeah. Um, it's not as hard to, for them to sing. That right. comes out pretty easily. Yeah. But 
reading recognizing it. it, reading it, writing it, putting it on the staff yeah. is the big thing. And that's thing. when they get to learn what a leap is yes. versus a step or a skip. So Yes. Awesome. Okay, moving right along. So moving then right Doe. Along. Doe is next. Mm -hmm. So we finally get our, our good old home tone now. Okay. Um, and I always make sure that when I'm doing Doe, I'm starting with um, so me Doe yep. patterns. So Mouse Mousy is my go-to for so me Doe. Yes, I love wallflowers, wallflowers, yes. climbing up so high. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. And then the example of extracting because it does yep. have the law in there. Um, and then once they are solid on the so me Doe, then I include songs that have the law so apple yes. tree would be a good example because exactly. it has the law in there oh and yes the dough everybody's apple tree it up oh, right now apple mm -hmm. tree is the best in the fall it's so great yes so yeah favorite doughs and then by the time we are getting ready to finish second grade oh wait a second oh you want I, to talk I, about dough yeah i i'm sorry i gotta throw in my, another favorite dough solida yes solida yeah Lida. They, those are kind of my three favorites, Mouse Mousy, Wallflowers, and Sorita. Yeah. And it's so funny because, like, if if it's like, what song am I singing? So me do. <laughs> and they're like, uh, I mean, anything. I kind of do it on a purpose to mess with them. Uh -huh. And to have them come up with those three different things, you know, well, what else could it be? What else could it be? Right. What else could it be? And they're like, oh, my gosh, it's the same pattern. I mean, I, I have them make that connection just because it's fun. Exactly. And then when you bring in Ray, yeah. you're building, you've got this whole pentatone going on and the world's wide open yeah. with that pentatone. Do you focus specifically on do, re, mi, though, or mi, re, do when yes, you first introduce Ray? Yeah, I so do as I, well. Yes. So closet key. I, I know. Mentioned. I saw you wrote it down, so yeah. I wasn't going to say it. So closet key is my favorite. Mm -hmm. What about you? Um, Besides closet key. <laughs> well, I do do hot cross buns yeah. at that time. And then yeah. we bring it back, you know, when we're doing third grade. Uh -huh. And this is also um, when I give them a little taste of the hand signs with the hot cross buns. Yeah. Because it's really cute when you have kids uh, face each other. Yeah. And they sing hot cross buns and they hand sign together. Yeah. And when they're parallel mean and then they go to Ray, it's a little cross. Oh. It's a little, Wait. I know, isn't that dumb? We're oh. doing it Wait, right now. We're trying to yeah. figure it so out. So here's our me... Ray. The oh, no. We gotta, yeah, we oh, got to do it like this. Oh, Sorry. I see. Sorry, we'll have it's to do an Instagram video of this right so you can actually right. see. Yeah, okay, so we're right-to-right right hands, uh -huh. and that makes the cross. Oh, that is cute. Yeah, we will Instagram it. Yeah. We'll do a little thing. <laughs> I, I'm such a visual and person. Then I'm like, I have people to are going to see it and go, duh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it's cute. Um, and then, yeah, once we focused on me, Ray Doe, for a while, then I'll throw in, throw back in so. Yeah. So um, then I love to do, let us chase the squirrel. Oh, it's a great do re -me. Good ascend. So, yeah, ascend. Um, and it has that ascending pattern. I'm all about I Rocky love. Mountain High, which yeah. is all decent. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then then we get the law back in there. And so, like, when I'm focusing on do re -me, and I think I showed it in my, my little room tour, my Sofa Street has mm -hmm. the the notes on um, Velcro so I can take down the so and the law. Right. So I always tell the kids, we still know them. They're just on vacation right now. It's right. okay. They'll be back. Um, and so they get really excited when law comes back from vacation and we have all five of them. Yay. Because it's just about, you know, giving them that scaffolding and just the information that they need at the time. And especially when they are doing hand signs, you don't want to overwhelm them with like, all right, all five hand signs in the same song right away. Mm -hmm. It's nice just to focus on the three hand signs and then add the fourth and then add the fifth. Yes. And there's a gazillion pentatonic songs out there, oh, so yes. we won't go too crazy. But So, no, we should mention a couple of sources that are really old school. Yeah. Um, called Just, what is it called? Just Five. 
These are super old school. Oh, uh, I don't even have yeah. that one. Yeah, and then just five plus two. Just five plus two? Does yeah. that have the Lola and the Loso? Yes. Oh, yeah. Nice. Do you not know these books? I don't have these These are books, books that, like, are living in music rooms all over the country. Not mine. Oh. I kind well, of I should, show, I should show you them. <laughs> I, I bet you could find one somewhere yeah. in the district. But, um, yeah, there's a song called, and it's it's not an authentic, it's not a fantastic, like, um, they they don't cite sources. There's no sources cited in this book called yeah. Just Five. But right. it's all these, like, pentatonic gems yeah. that are really good to use. And it's all, you know, do, re, mi, so, la. Right. Yeah. And this is where, you know, if you have some ORF training, you could really just go to town with that. Not mm -hmm. that you haven't been doing that already, but once they know that, that pentatonic scale and they're really comfortable with it singing, then you can do so much with the instruments. It's exactly. so exciting. And the black keys of the piano. That's something that I always try to remind myself to sneak in at the end of second grade or the beginning mm -hmm. of third, that the black keys on the piano are such a beautiful, obvious Do you remember thing. a couple, not a couple of years ago, when I say a couple, I mean like a lot, a, a lot of years, years ago, ago, like a gazillion years ago when Sister Lorna came well, out. Well, that's who I was thinking of. And was she was showing say. us ways for students to improv. Improvise on yeah. the black keys exactly. and how, you know, you could really get them feeling successful where you play an accompaniment pattern on the black keys and they just can improvise on, on those black keys. Yeah. And and it was one of those moments where you go, well, yeah, Why did uh, I think of that? But it was just lovely, like the way she set it up. Yeah. Anyway, and uh, it's something I've done ever since. It's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. So now we're extending the pentatonic scale. Yay. So once we get into, you know, typically third grade, again, you know, the grades depends on, you know, how often you see your kids and all that. Yeah. So Lola would be the next step. Mm -hmm. So now we're focusing on the, the minor third in that realm. Yes. My favorite Lola song is Big Fat Biscuit, which is one of those songs where if you look at it on paper, you go, that's dumb. Uh -huh. But once you play the game with the kids, they love it's it. amazing because it has that juve. And what's great about that song in particular, which if you don't know, goes Big Fat Biscuit Chubaloo, just from the oven Chubaloo, boy jump over yonder Chubaloo, is that it's still major. Yeah, exactly. And it just goes down to the law. Exactly. So yeah, great. I like to make sure I'm focusing on the low law within a major context. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, we're not using that word major with the kids. Right. But, but it's still then, got that major feel. Yeah. So that's how we get into it. And then another one. Switch that's to low law pentatonic. With that same tone set is Phoebe in her petticoat. Yes. Phoebe in her gown. Yep. Phoebe in her petticoat. Going down to town. William in his new blue jeans. William in his shirt. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fun one to have them do some text improvisation. Yes. But then when too. we do go minor, you know what my favorite one is? Who has seen the wind? No. Oh. But it's it's very similar. Oh. I, I like the minor version of, I see oh, the moon yes. and the moon sees me. God bless the moon and God bless me. That's my kiddos, one of my kiddos, favorite, personal kiddos. Bedroom yeah. songs Aww. still is my nine-year-old. He still asks for it. Very nice. So sweet. So, um, side note: Do you sing God with your kids? Um, you know, here's something I haven't been consistent about. Yeah. I did, I did, I did for many years. Yeah. And then there was like a couple of years that I didn't, and I'm trying to remember what I switched it to. Was it a particular student that you had in mind that you were being sensitive about, or you just were like, let me try something new? Yeah, it was kind of like, let me make sure. 
I'm being like, inclusive yeah. and yeah, and I I'm sorry, I really can't remember what I sang instead. I I've heard lots of different things that I people something like um, I don't know. I I really can't remember what it was. I sing God again now. Yeah, I'm just I'm been. just doing. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's such a beautiful song, and it's those it's the words. you don't want that one thing to hang it up, but it, it's so beautiful. It might even been, have been something as simple as please bless the moon and oh. please bless me. Yeah, that know. works. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful song, and there is a major version of it as well that's just so me do. But mm-hmm. I, I also I don't do it anymore. I love the minor version. Yeah, because, the La Pentatonic. Excuse me, it's not minor. La right. Pentatonic. So if you are oh, and, well, there's so many things that we could discuss. But when we bring in the Ray, you really want to make sure you so me do it and me Ray do it and distinguish between the two because yes, that's yes. one of those pedagogical stumbling blocks yes. that kids will always. Yep. Um, have trouble hurtling over so me do and me re do which skip, makes skip, sense skip, mm-hmm. step 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 so yeah. reading it and also hearing it yes. orally and yeah so there's all kinds of like games we play is it so me do or me re do yeah. and, and seeing it on the instruments this is also really important when we're playing these things on the instruments that they can see yes the mi re do versus the so mi do mm-hmm. is really important for them yeah i always make sure and i mean i know most people do this if you you know when you bring out the the instruments that you have the kids set up the bars and you yes. have the protocol of how they do that because the physical of them removing the bars that need to be removed to make the skips it's so important it is that they understand that and it takes time i know there are some times where i'm like oh i should just set them up before they come in because then it'll go faster in the lesson and oh, i don't I have know. to wait but i always i always regret it later because them said it up is really important. Exactly. Cool. All right. Sorry. So, so get after, back into our uh, sequence. La lo, la comes lo, so. And it. at that point, it's like they start to get it. I don't. This is where I feel like, you know, in in code, I always talk about prepare, present, practice, and assess. But um, I feel like when we get to lo so, my kids kind of start to get like annoyed with the preparation stage. So it's <laughs> so like, like I know that know. you know the name of it, but what you don't know is what it sounds like right. and how to sing it. So that's and this why, where the kids yeah. and and I know. I know teachers who don't even, especially at this point, make it a big mystery. Like yeah. they they say the they say well they we say call this low the syllable yeah, right. They say the and that that presentation moment is what it looks like on the staff mm-hmm. or something along those lines. Yes. But, I mean, I still play the game where they hum it or something yes. like that, or we call it low instead of so. Yeah. You know, whatever. Um, and then it just becomes like a, a cheeky little game that we yes, play. Exactly. So. They're like, we know it's know. so. It's so we get it now. Yeah. So my favorite low so is turn the glasses over because it's uh, I've been to Harlem. Do, 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 la, and you got so. that law in there. And uh-huh. you got yeah. I mean, it's just going right down that little right. that little pattern. Well, I like um, Scotland's burning. Scotland's burning. Mm-hmm. Look out! Look out! Uh, and then also, our old sow is getting very fat, yeah. and you've got that really strong. And then once you bring in that low so, it's just so great harmonically. Yeah, then that's when I start. That's when I introduce like the five chord. Yeah. So one chord I'll introduce when we're doing do, um, just as do mi so, and then when we do learn the low so, that's when I introduce 
what a five chord right. is. Right. And then the world is yours. Yeah. You can do lots of cool stuff. Lots of things. All right. And then next in our world is high do. High do. And I know some it, it, some sequences suggest high do before low la and low so. Mm -hmm. I save high do later because, again, the literature. I find that the literature is more interesting and more challenging. Yeah. For me, if I'm lucky if I get to high do by the end of third grade, it's typically more a beginning of fourth grade concept right. for me. I kind of cheat with high do only in the sense that I'll do high do songs before we do high do. Oh yeah, I do as well. For sure. Yeah. Because And I think can we take a moment to, to mention this too? Just just for the uninitiated code I folk. Oh yes. It doesn't mean that we're only singing songs with so and me no. in first grade. And you know, you're singing songs with all of the pitches. You're singing full major scales yes. with with fa's and t's even you're in first grade. You're singing funky half steps. Yeah. You're just tones. not isolating it. You're not explicitly showing you're it. You're not calling attention you're to it. You're not calling attention right. to it. But especially if you're isolating rhythm, you can bring in all sorts of fun funky modal stuff. I mean, yes. whatever you want, whatever floats your boat. Yes, we're but, singing um, old Joe Clark. Yeah. We're going to town. Yeah. So anyway, sorry. I just wanted to throw that in there. No. Of course. Yeah. That's a good thing. to. So, yeah. So when I say I sing the high dough songs, yeah. it's some of the high dough songs, I think, um, text-wise, are a little more appropriate for, like, third grade, yeah. fourth grade, yeah. you know, and, and maybe um, not at the time when I'm going to present it. And so I just, I throw some in yeah. for vocal Right. It's like that Olympic principle yeah. that we are, we're stretching, we're singing, yeah. but we're just not calling attention yeah. to it. They love high do. Yeah. So tidy o is one of my yes. favorites because of the me so do, tidy o. Yeah, exactly. And even just singing tidy o, creating that o vowel on the high do, it's lovely. Yeah, What exactly. are some of your favorites? Um. I've lost the farmer's dairy key. I'm in this lady's oh, yeah. garden. Do, do, let me out. I'm in this lady's garden. And then do they joke and sing, do, do, let yes. me out. <laughs> it's a funny, funny joke. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's do, but it's do. Yeah, I know. Yeah. They think that's cute. Liza Jane is another really yes. great high do song. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. But that's tricky with, with rhythmically. Exactly. You want so, to make sure that you've syncopated up. Exactly. Or tomteed, mm -hmm. because there's also oh, yeah. tomteed in true. there. So, yeah, that one is usually um, one that's more like a practice of high dough later, yeah. once they're able to do the rhythms. Um, ding, dong, digga, digga, dong, digga, digga, yeah. ding, the kept is gone, which is great, because rhythmically you're only de dealing with ticka ticka as right. your hardest rhythm. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so now we're moving into half-step land. We are. So this, for me, is definitely solid fourth grade. Mm -hmm. um, and again, because I'm at, I've been at my school, this is year three, so, you know, this is older beginner time. Um, I might be getting to fa, maybe, yes. with my yeah, fifth graders uh, this year. I it's hard yeah. to get to. Yes. I have time, Have I have had years where it doesn't happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But when it does, it's usually... In a scale run. Exactly. So my, my favorite fa is cut the cake. Mm -hmm. And I know some people play cut the cake way earlier because the rhythm is so simple. Exactly. But I save it for fa. And because it's such a fun game, it's kind of one of those, like, I'm not going to save this one. They right. have so many fun chase games. It's fun to save some of them for yes, later. Yes, but you really need to, <laughs> on a game playing, setting up the rules aside, really with older kids and chase games yes. be extremely explicit this is how a bloody you, nose game this, isn't it yeah you had a bloody nose no it was bloody was it bloody teeth or oh bloody you nose? had a crash either way yeah there was a there was a there was face blood. crash there was blood 
<laughs> lots of laughter, lots of blood, and a visit to the nurse. Yeah. And maybe the dentist. Yeah. So, yeah. With, when they are crossing by each other on the other side of the circle, they have to stop, shake hands, and say good, good morning, morning, good, good afternoon, afternoon, good, good night. night. And I know I learned that one from Joe Kirk. He probably yes, did as well. Yes, I did. Our level one Kodai teacher. Yes. So, anyways, Cut the Cake was great because it has, then you cut the cake, so mm-hmm. funny, right, Doe? Yeah. I added something that's really dumb. What? We go, then you cut the cake, slice. <laughs> the high dough. I know. So, the kid in the middle. I mean, we all sing slice, but that's when, see, this is getting very specific. Like, when do you cut the cake? Oh, see, I tell them to cut the cake on the word cake. Oh, see, we just add slice. Oh, well, it doesn't yeah. matter. Whatever. So just be consistent. This is kind of, this might be irritating for anyone who's listening who doesn't understand what we're talking about. In the game Cut the Cake, the kids are standing in a big circle. There's one student in the center. We all sing, clap your hands together, give yourself a shake, which we do. Yes. Make a happy circle. They take hands. Then you cut the cake. And then in my world, slice. The, slice. <laughs> that and is so, too cute. I have to do it from now on. Isn't that dumb? Um, I love it. The kid in the middle will take their hands um, and put them together and bring them down. Not really hard. It's not a karate chopping time. No. Uh, between two students. And those two students, they take off in the opposite direction on the outside of the circle. Yes. And they are basically racing to see who gets back to the spot first. Yeah. Right. And then we were talking about that whole good morning, good afternoon, good night protocol is when they have taken off and run around the circle, when they meet each other, when they come into contact with each other, they must stop, shake hands, say good morning, good afternoon, good Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and then continue going the same direction. Yeah. And whoever is back to the spot first wins. Yeah. And I'm sure you've also had this problem, especially if you ever, if you play it with younger kids at all, is that they will take off, and then they will meet each other on the other side of the circle. They'll say their good morning, good afternoon, good night, and then they'll turn around. They want to go back the way they came. go back the way they came. Yeah, pass no, by each other. you must make a complete yes. circle all the way around. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's great fun, yeah. but if you don't put something in there to stop them, yeah. then it can Watch be out. very likely that faces will bash into each other. And it's really cute to have them say in Spanish, too. If you have, oh. I have my, my dual language classes, we'll say in Spanish. And it's really oh, cute. how's that? What does that sound like? Um, so it'd be buenos dias, buenas tardes, buenas noches. Go! Ooh. <laughs> so it's really cute. Just, yeah. It's just another twist. That is so And awesome. it's a little bit more rhythmic. Buenos dias, buenas tardes, buenas noches. Nice. Um, so, anyways, that's my fa. Do you do you do the same fa? I do. I do do uh, the same fa. And then you know, we do. We bring back some scale songs. Yeah. Are you sleeping? Is another great one with yeah. fa. Yeah. Right. Oh yes, of course. Yeah. Are you sleeping. And then tea. Must we tea? Yeah. Again, this is like where I, I go. Ah. Again, when's the last songs. time that I've actually I, taught you know, tea? I, I mean, will, this is this is honesty right here. I but, will admit yeah. that when we're doing fa, I might just like say because. And then there's tea. And then there's tea. <laughs> Right. It is hard. It's hard to to really isolate that. Well, the older they get and the more melodic concepts that you've taken them through, the faster that you can go. Yeah. Even with these ones that we consider more challenging, right? Yeah. So we understand, um, you know, steps. Now we're just talking about some half steps yeah. in there. And this is where, if you wanted to, you can get very technical and start going in, well, you know, 
really talk about building your major scales. Yes. And if you've got any kind of fun, um, I don't know, catchy... I, I have seen music teachers who have fun, catchy ways of building, of chanting about building major scales or building minor scales oh. and that kind of thing, which, frankly, it's never really worked for me. Yeah. Um, At this point, you're just kind of getting into more yeah, theory, just straight up You are getting into more. And you know what? Older kids, some kids really jive on that. I was one of those kids. I was super into it. Yeah. But, I mean, you still need to keep them singing. So let's mention a couple of songs. So, I like a qua qua for the, for the yes. tease. La qua qua de la omar, qua 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 la tea do. It's yes. a good one for the tea. That and that's one, one that they're very familiar with. Right. Are, you know, I didn't write any tea songs. That's so. okay. Um, I also think about the Chimbara song. Do you know the uh -huh. Chimbara? Because Chimbara, it has that descending Chimbara. scale. Chum, 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 chum. I'm not I even singing. I started too high. Chum, 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 Yeah, thank you. Chimbara. It's late and I can't sing in tune anymore. It's okay. But yeah, it has that beautiful descending major scale. Which exactly. Which is really fun. Right. So a lot of those with the descend, um, the descending major scale. So I had one. It just flew away. Oh. I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't make I didn't make my list when we got to tea. I just no, that's okay. Fell down on the job. Well, this is honesty. <laughs> um, but then, of course, it's also important. Then you're also talking about minor scales. Exactly. So um, I, there's lots of things out there. I can't think of one off the top of my head either. Wow, we're we're sad. I promise we did take level three of Kodai. Yeah, it's true. I took um, it twice actually. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, maybe we need to like go on social media. We'll add some addendums to our and, teas. Like, here's another tea here's song. Here's a tea song. And here's another tea song. And I remember when I did my my Kodai level three second time around, and this yeah. was just so I had enough um, credits for my masters. It's not because I didn't pass it the first time, but the second time with Carla Chewinski, who was wonderful, um, we did write separate concept plans for low T and high T. Nice. I'm not going to say I'm that good about presenting it that way again because it's usually just a matter of time that I'm like, okay, by the time they get to middle school, they've got to know the full major scale. Yeah. But um, I do specifically have it broken down somewhere, but I didn't bring my laptop with me, and I, I don't have it in front of me, so my brain is blanking. But it's okay. We'll think of things. You know, if you've gotten – we're at we're, – we are quite a – you, we're quite far into this podcast. Yeah, so I if think you're listening. If you're still here, good yeah, job. God bless you. And now it's time for our work smarter, not harder teacher tip. Carrie, what do you have for us? Okay, well, I'm just going to share my my process of having small children put their instruments away. So this is my routine for kindergarten, first grade, and it definitely happens still in second. Nice. It might even happen in third. So um, I use the same little tune to ask them to put their instruments away. So if we are playing egg shakers, when we're done, I sing... Egg shakers away, egg shakers away, time to put the egg shakers away. And that's something, I mean, this little ditty I've been singing for a while, I learned when I did my music garden training. Yes, when I, I do it too. That. Um, and, you know, I find that having the same consistent song, no matter what instrument we're playing, no matter what song we were just singing, um, it's really helpful, especially for my dual language kids. Ah. Because then when they hear that tune, even though they might not understand the words that I'm saying exactly, mm -hmm. they hear that tune and they know, oh, 
I'm supposed to be putting something away. You get away. all Pavlovian on Exactly. Them. So, I mean, it's worked with my personal children when it's time to clean up toys. When they were one year old, mm-hmm. I would sing that. And they know it was time to clean up toys. And they just know by the time the song is done, I usually sing it two rounds. Everything needs to be put away. And on we go to the next activity. Yay. It works well. Now it's time for the CODA section where we each give a personal or professional recommendation. Tanya's up first. Yeah. What you got? Well, someday I'll give another professional recommendation because I do have those, but (laughs) I'm really enjoying my personal life lately. Good. Um, So, I don't know. Tell me, do you do this thing? Do you have certain albums that you associate with certain seasons or even months? Oh, yeah. Okay. Good. So it's not just me. Yeah. Um, So... We're coming into autumn. It's we're not there yet. Yeah. And like Minnie, I love the autumn time, and not just because of the pumpkin spice lattes, which yeah, you know, those are good. I like them. I'm not um, a pumpkin spice person. No. I know I'm in the probably vast minority of. No, people. I I like the pumpkin spice. It's okay. Good. The coziness, the whole thing. Uh huh. So, re- not recently, but one of my more recent fall autumn albums is the Goat Rodeo Sessions. Uh-huh. which is a conglomerate of musicians. It's Chris Thiele and Edgar Meyer and Stuart Duncan. And is there somebody else? Yeah, there is, and I can't remember who it is. Oh, did I say Yo-Yo Ma? No, but you Oh, should. my gosh. Well, Yo-Yo Ma, that's Yo-Yo kind of a big Ma. deal. Uh-huh. And Yo-Yo Ma. Anyway, so um, mostly an instrumental album, but yeah. there are some uh, vocals on it. And it's just, like, encapsules fall for me yeah. in autumn and it's just the a wonderful thing to listen to as you're driving through the mountains and watching the aspens change yeah so that's my little recommendation and i'll put a little link in our show notes and i i just love this album it's, love it it's beautiful all right well mine is also personal okay. <laughs> it's, it's tv um i have recently become a like i wouldn't say obsessed but i'm pretty i'm pretty excited about this show on netflix and it's called Stay Here. And it is a combination of things that I like. Home improvement oh, type decorating okay. things. And Airbnb and like marketing of Airbnb. I, I've only stayed in an Airbnb like twice. But I find the whole thing to be fascinating. And I love just to go on the Airbnb website and just like look at listings and like dream about, oh, I would go there. And, and then I would not go. go. There. Yeah. So Stay Here is a show where, you know, they go to someone's someone's Airbnb or it, or it could be that other one. What's that other one called? It's like Airbnb. Um, B B R B R B R B O B R B. I always want to say B Y O B, but that's totally different. <laughs> you should be Y O B. Yeah, should that be too. To your V R B O. Exactly. Too many acronyms. I can't take it. But anyways, anyone who has a vacation listing and they like swank it up and they make it beautiful and then they teach them how to like market it. Mm-hmm. So then they show them like what the listing looks like at the end. Yeah. And the designer is um, Genevieve somebody who used to be on that show training spaces do you remember that show uh vaguely yes loved that show too so anyways um this is just like total for fun veg out at the tv half hour show and it's really fun to watch awesome i have not well i think i've seen a little bit about that it's good awesome it's good and it's on netflix i don't know if i said that but it's on netflix We've reached the double bar line. 
Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Show notes can be found at Teaching Music, Tanya's Kodai Aspiring Blog. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help others find this podcast. In our next episode, we'll be talking about our favorite fall, autumn songs and activities. Also, if you are in the Denver area or the Colorado area, um, I will be doing a workshop with Rocky, the Regional Organization of Colorado Kodai Educators, and that's on September 15th, and it is at the Glory of God Lutheran Church. My topic is Kodai 101 and mindfulness in the music room. So we'll be doing a smattering of songs. There will be some autumn songs, um, some songs that you can take away and use right away in your music room. We'll also be talking about how you can incorporate mindfulness and being present with your music students. Uh, It's from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And I will be pushing out more information on our Facebook page. Yay. Yeah. So until next time, this is Tanya. And this is Carrie, wishing you happy musicking.